So we're rolling. rolling. I'm very excited about this. Really? We, we've been trying to organize this for no, like no, a year time, now. Yeah, the first time I was sick. And then the second time you canceled because you had to work, which I get. <laughs> and then the third time, I don't even remember life. But we've been trying. We've been discussing this for quite a while. We have. Quite some time We've now. been discussing it before Chris was in the picture. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm here in the picture. Uh, you're in the picture now, which is great. <laughs> but like, Dave has been talking about this for like years. He's yeah, like, I want to play with the least. community. And he didn't know what. And it kind of turned into the podcast. Which well, is kind of cool. It kind of started off with talking about foster care and, yeah. and yep. me sharing my story. And I thought I was kind of going to, I thought I was going to go down. My mic sounds funny. Does it sound like muffled to you? Not no. really. No? This is all new to me. I don't know. I sa- I feel like I sound <clears throat> weird, but it's probably um, just because I'm hearing myself. So I, I thought that, uh, this sounds funny. Hold on a second. We're going to pause. Mic check, mic check. Anyways, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're, we're live. Back. We're back with life. Yeah. I didn't do anything with the microphones it still sounds funny to me but we'll we'll roll okay. with it so i mean i, I kind of hear what you're talking about but it's, i don't know all right is, so is me? anyways uh with a podcast like i wanted to start it off with uh me sharing my story and then kind of like exposing a lot of the fo- like things in foster care because there's a lot of shady things that go on and i found out a lot of different shady things like with other people's stories and just things that I've witnessed with like mm-hmm. um, different kids that have been in foster care, um, you know, with other people that I knew. So I wanted to kind of expose some of those stories and then also raise awareness for it. And then hopefully like try to like change the system, but it's such a difficult system. Like I, cause the thing is like, I wanted to interview like social workers, like foster parents, um, like maybe foster care directors. But the problem is with that is they're, they're such a tight knit community that they're not, they're not able to talk a lot about the, the different things going on. Cause a lot of it. Um, so I'll just preface this here. I already told you, but my husband and I are foster parents. And so I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Like our social worker, when we were in that process, she was kind of explaining things and she's like, I can't go any further because it will a expose their case um, it can be detrimental in their court case. Like, there's just a lot of things that we don't think about that, you know, we want to know, but it's for the child's safety. And it comes to a frustration point when you want to try to, you know, interview them and talk with them, but they have to, you know, keep the child's safety in mind. Well, that and, like, I know somebody who's a social worker and, like, they have they have rules in place for social workers to not talk to media. Like they legit, like legitimately do not want you to go talk to anybody within media because it can open up for lawsuits. Um, yeah. And the the per- specific person I'm thinking of works for like Bethany Child Services or whatever. So it's a pretty big organization. They might have a liaison um, of some sort. They might. They might. And like, yeah. I don't know. I, I see the frustration. Like I, that would be kind of frustrating. Like if you were in their shoes, but I also see the other side of it. But like, I I see why there's those yes place. yes and no. But the thing is, is like a lot of social workers will tell you, and foster parents will also tell you that there's not enough resources available, and for them to even do their job, um, and that's a problem. But the only way to change that problem is to actually talk about it and to publicly talk about it. That way, yeah. there could be more resources put towards those those things yeah and like on the resources aspect like there's not a lot of resources for people who are trying to become foster parents like it's kind of like what you is get that thrown pro- in. what is that process like yeah so <laughs> there's a lot of things uh <laughs> it, it took us nine months basically 10 months nine months 10 months roughly around there i lost count after five months that's how like there's stacks of paperwork you got to fill out 
um, solo interviews you have to do with the um, licensing worker. There's a house interview that you have to do. They have to come in your house and see if it's adaptable for having a child and safe enough. You have to, you know, not have certain things on a lower level because it could, you know, be harmful. Right. Like, there's just a lot of things I didn't think about my house until we <laughs> had people walk through it. Um, your water has to be a certain temperature. Um, I understand that one, but, I, you know, you don't think about it on a daily basis. Um, there's certain things your house can't be around, like a lake, or if you have a pool, there's certain steps, things like that. You, like, can't, you can't have a house on a lake? Well, you funny. could, but you'd have to go through other steps. Like We have a veal pond, so it so comes odd. back every year. So it was there when she was there. So she's like, oh, you have to count that even though yeah. it, it disappears. Because a child, <laughs> anything <laughs> that a child could hurt themselves with, like mm-hmm. having two dogs, you know, they have to take record of and they have to be like, okay, if this happens, you have to do this. Or if this happens, you have to go through this protocol. Can you, like, can you move the mic slightly closer? Yeah, it's. Get close. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting real uh, personal, guys. Good. Good. Let's get personal. Let's get. <laughs> you know you what? Have the podcast like that's a good shirt let's idea. Get personal. That's a good shirt idea. <laughs> it's a good mug idea. Is, let's actually. get personal. A good mug. Let's get personal. I'm gonna do it. Do it. That's do a it. really good idea. Send me a copy. Like <laughs> Walking I'll advertisement. Like that's a really $10. good idea. Thanks for that idea. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we had to be on the podcast. You know, it's just let's get personal. I like to personal. buy stuff that's like personal. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess too. I'll go on a different avenue of foster care. Like, they're pro- people probably wondering, like, oh, so they just jumped into this process. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, what What made you, I mean. Well, I was going to go into that. So, first of all, my husband and I were deciding, like, what we want to do with our life. Like, you know, when we want kids, things like that. I'm trying to finish my bachelor's. And so I was just kind of like, well. You know, we want kids, but I don't know if I want to do have our own kids right now because that's a permanent commitment, which is awesome, fantastic, something we do want to do. But I was like, well, what can we do as a like a temporary solution? That sounds horrible. That was kind of where we were thinking. And, you know, we were kind of brainstorming and, you know, praying about it, things like that. And it kind of came to our mind of, well, we could do foster parenting because that is a big need in the Lansing area, in any area. It's a, um, it's an overwhelming need. It is because a yeah. lot of people want to do like infants and just do infants. They're not even open to like siblings or older. Um, we just Gus couldn't do that because of, we yeah. didn't have this, the space for it, but it's not like we're not open to it in the future. Yeah. Right. Whatever so, right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of where we're standing. Um, and that's, so we just kind of went through the process and we were like, I say this, so like a lot of people say this term and they'll just kind of mean it as whatever, but like, we were going by faith, literally. Like, if something passed, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And then something would kind of align, and I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Like, I was still over here like, I don't I don't really want to do this, but I guess we're going for this. You didn't want to do it? Well, I did, but I just wasn't. Was, it just seemed like a lot overwhelming. Yeah, because yeah, there was a lot of paperwork, a lot of steps, um, nine months, ten months, you know. But It was like having a baby. <laughs> kind of, <but laughs> I mean, it was tip. in some ways it was more complicated <laughs> than having a baby because there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of preparation. Actually, yeah, it's yeah. a lot more responsibility for somebody else's kids. That's true. But, you know, like in a way, like it makes me honored that they think that, oh, they're going to trust me with their child. Like, yeah, it's if you if you had to, you know, have your child stay with somebody, you're going to want them to stay with somebody that you trust, who that, you know, they're safe, things like that. And like the fact that they think we're you know, safe and honorable, things like that. Like it just, I don't know, 
kind of puts a badge of honor on you, but kind of doesn't at the same time. Yeah. It's also a humble because it's like, you know, we could have a case where it's not easy or it could be easy. Well, so. I think that I don't That's know how much you want to talk about it, but I know that like, obviously you were in foster care mm -hmm. and you had from what I witness and, you know, a very loving home, a family that really yes. cared about you and wanted what was best for you. And so I would imagine that having that experience would probably want like you, it would probably give you that it, you would probably want to uh like pay that forward essentially yeah. um that was kind of a contributing factor like i knew it was possible cause yeah like, well, my parents did it and they adopted like they they committed to that child not just for the time they're in foster care but for their whole life and like yeah we might not be saying the whole life right now but still we have that responsibility and that commitment while the child's in our home so that kind of like for me i was like okay I'm not by myself. I can do this. I like, I was pep talking myself through this process. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, my husband's said go for it. So that's kind of where we were. How did you feel, honey, through the process? Um, the process was interesting, but the, uh, <laughs> the need was necessary and also the, um, well, necessary for us and probably the community. I think it was, I heard we were up Clinton County. They had a, um, free store for like donated stuff for like just for foster parents yeah oh, yeah yeah yep. we got like one or two things but yeah that yeah. was really cool so while we were in the process there's a couple things like um you could get like we didn't have a bunch of like clothes the sizes so i reached out to them i said hey we're in the process they want us to have a nursery by month six because they want to see how it how it goes like i said my house got papified really quick <laughs> plug covers you know um and they were able to help us out a little bit, which was kind of cool that they have that resource. Is that place in like Ypsilanti or Ann Arbor area? Just north of here. Okay. Just north. Uh, yeah, it's like 40, oh. 30 minutes. 30 maybe. minutes. Clinton oh, County. Clayton just County. North right. Here. Okay. Actually, just north. Yeah. Wow. What's that place called? Uh, I can't remember what the store was called, but the, the lady there was, she was saying uh, it was kind of a mini miracle because that day she was saying when we were there, she said um, her. A lady at her church, I think it was Faith Church next Eastwood area, uh, had actually spoken and said there there was a need for foster parents. And so that was really significant. And then um, we've, we've also had other little, I, I, they're like blessings, I guess you could say. And we had one at uh, Waypoint Coffee. Oh, that's true. Okay, so Rock during this process, Waypoint Coffee is in St. John's. <laughs> and you know how, like, they give you that sleeve? And oh, it yeah, was, yeah. like, sleeve. save a life, and it had a foster agency on it. And I looked at Chris, and I said, well, if that's not a sign, I don't know what <laughs> is. Like, it's on my coffee cup, you know? Anything, I was like, it gets real when it's on your coffee cup, you know? Um, but, no, that was just, like, I don't know. God had his little hints of blessings here and there that kind of reassured me through the process because – Half of me was like, I could do this. I was there. And then half of me is like, but wait, uh, infants, uh, they're a lot of work. But then the half of me was like, but that's okay. Like, we can do this. So that's kind of where how we got there and where we are now, literally just taking day by day, hour by hour. Do you know how many kids are in foster care in Michigan? Do you know the number? Mm, they went over it. Um, oh, yeah, we did go over that. It I was pretty high. It was pretty high. Yeah. What are, what are, what are the percentages of, um, of, uh, toddler or infant foster kids in Michigan? Do you know? They went over that too. 
Um, is it is it quite significant? I feel like it's infants. It's not as much. I feel like it's more toddler and older because a lot fun. of the families. I, I was looking it up. Yeah, because oh, yeah. a lot of the families uh, want to do infants. That is a big need. That is what they did say. Uh, that's why it's taken us so long. Is because that's a really high commodity. That's how they said it. Commodity. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, wow. um, but they. Yeah, that's horrible to say. It is horrible. <laughs> no. That's horrible. I didn't say it. They said it. I'm not, it's just, true. Um, but it's probably true. I mean, most people. High, it's a high sought thing. People want it. Right. Most people um, don't want like a teenager, somebody who's troubled. Yeah, or they like want to, a two-year-old, <laughs> three-year-old, you know, yeah. terrible twos. Yeah. People, but those are the most childs that need it most, you know, like right. the older, which people don't think about. They want the baby, which is okay. You know, if people want to do that. Th- you know, they can do that. But I think the percentages were higher for older, if I remember correctly. So it says in Michigan, there are approximately 10,000 children in the foster care and nearly 200 children who still need an adoptive family. Yeah. We need you. Okay. We need your help to provide a safe, nurturing home. This is, I think, some foster, health and human services. That's their okay. website. Um, yeah, this is May 13th, 2022. Okay. I, I knew it was a high number. <clears throat> I remember being shocked. I remember being like, there's no way, you know, because we don't, one thing that like sometimes I wish would happen with the whole foster system, but then I understand why it doesn't is I wish there was more awareness like of the actual need than there is. Well, I think there is slightly, I mean, because one of the things that really bothers me about the whole foster care system and it, it should bother anybody um, is they have radio ads. I don't oh, know if you've yeah. heard them. Like anybody can be a foster parent. That's all you need, yeah. all all you need is like a home and blah blah blah. And like I'm like, not anybody can just be a foster parent. Like that's it takes true. somebody who's loving, somebody who's caring, somebody who's compassionate yeah. to want to raise a kid that's not somebody theirs. Who has the time and patience and the home. Yeah. Like you have to go through. Like they don't just hand you a child. You have to go through interviews, like home inspection frequently. Every time the social worker visits, your home's inspected. Um, well, and that's how you get people who do it just for the money. That's true. Right. You know, yeah. like which you're, you're pandering is, to a certain crowd when you, which is the wrong audience. Yeah, like, yeah. I understand that like people want to do things to survive, but if you're going to endanger a child's life so you can just have the money, that really just peeves me because I'm like, a, this child could be in danger and you're not actually showing love and affection. You say you are, but you know, start putting your actions where your mouth is. You know, one thing I found really interesting um, within the, I think the last two years, actually it might've been two two years ago when I got all my um, documentation from the foster care system from when I was in the foster care system. It's like a stack of papers like this. I have it somewhere, I think in here. I have it. Uh, do you? Like from all the court records and everything? I don't know about the court. I know I have the file. So I have like everything from like our social workers. Uh, oh, nice. I have everything That's from the therapists, like what they've said. I've had everything from like what uh, my foster parents or adopted parents said to the therapist or to my social worker. Interesting. And one thing that I found super, it actually bothered me like really bad because my, I mean, you know about my past. Everybody mm-hmm. who's listened to my podcast yeah. probably knows about my past. I had a pretty but rough, no rough past. My he adop- doesn't know too much. You don't know? Okay. So my adopted mom, she was just like extremely abusive and, and terrible, including right. before I was adopted. I mean, she, right after I was adopted, I was 11 years old. She beat me. She threw me into a refrigerator, kicked me in the stomach, and was arrested 
this was like a couple months after I was adopted. Um, and she was, she was able to maintain her, her foster care license after that. Mm. And after that, she ended up getting several other foster kids that she also abused. And I witnessed it and I, I reported it several times, even for myself and they did nothing. And they didn't even, the foster care agency didn't even know that she was arrested for child abuse. Mm-mm. And so I told them when I called them one time, I re, cause they weren't doing anything. I told them, I was like, she was arrested for child abuse. You guys don't even know about it. And they came out to investigate it and they're like, don't let, they literally told her this cause I heard it. Don't let it happen again. If it happens again, then we'll take your license. And that moment right there was a huge eye opener for me. I'm like, there's a problem here. Yeah. Like she, I didn't know about the fridge. But I knew about everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I anyways, I have, wow. I have all this documentation. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think sometime I should go over it on the podcast cause it, it's really interesting. But one thing that really bothers me is that, and I kind of get it, but I kind of like, it, it frustrates me. Um, in my specific uh, documentation, she would state, and it, it said my foster mom specifically would state to the social worker how difficult I was. And there's different levels for the difficulty of children. Mm. And so like if, if a child's more difficult, you get more money for them and you can progressively go through the documentation and see like within a few months of her trying to like, cause these issues or her saying that there's these certain issues that are going on. And so then they start raising like the, the difficulty level. So then she starts getting more money each single time, each time. And I think that's a huge problem. Like just to be able to claim that somebody is this difficult. I mean, because a lot of the, a lot of the problems that happen in the house she created. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Like bringing it back to kind of what you said, like people shouldn't be doing it for the money. Like, absolutely. Um, I think if people are going to be foster parents, something they really need to think about is, okay, I need to treat this child like they're my own. And a lot of people don't think about that. They're like, oh, I get the money. I get the looks. I get the, the, the new friends, the new social groups, whatever. That's cool, but that's not what it boils down to. It boils yeah. down to the parents, the foster parents' relationship with the child and how they're impacting the child. And that's what a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So I would say in that situation, your foster mom didn't think about your relationship and your well being. She just did it for herself. Well, in many ways, she did it for herself. And but that's just me not knowing everything, but that's just me going off of what No, she definitely said. did it for herself. Um she I mean, not just with me, but there was different scenarios where like um, you know, like she would get a foster kid and then she would call everybody and be like, I I just got this kid. Like she it's almost like a like a clout mm-hmm. thing. Mm. And so that's mm. definitely a problem. Um, but that's one thing I wanted to raise awareness about was, you know, like people doing it for the wrong reasons and right. why you should yeah. do it for the right reasons. And so I ended up not going down that path or, you know, ultimately, but mm-hmm. um, that's interesting to bring out the point about like people say, Oh, I got a, a new placement. Like, I guess like I would just say it out of excitement, but now I see where it could be seen as like, Oh, like that's, that's interesting. You bring up that point. Like I would never want people to think, Oh, she's just doing that because, She's trying to like brag and you know what I mean? Like, no, that's, I, 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 I mean, that. I think it, I mean, I think people's intentions will show through, like shine through. Yeah, that's true. You know, like if you're doing it for the right reasons and you're excited for somebody to come into your home that's and you're taking care be. of them and you're doing it for the right reasons, <laughs> right. people will see that. I mean, they'll just see that you're like genuinely excited about it. Yeah. Whereas like if you're somebody who in my mom's my adopted mom situation where whenever she got somebody new, she would run around the whole church and be like, Oh my gosh, look at this little new kid oh, that we got. Okay, like, yeah. 
you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I so, get that. But like, I would just want people to see like, oh, I'm excited <laughs> to like love on this child. Like not to like be like, oh, look at me. You know what I mean? Like, right. but it's good that you brought that up. I never really kind of thought about that. But see, this is why we do a podcast. We're getting real. <laughs> yeah, you know? It's good to just unpack and then be like, yeah. oh, what's going on with everything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like, see, I guess I'll say it from my perspective growing up. So it's interesting that you kind of had that like, see, my, my um, adoptive parents, they like they say it like this. They say, you know, they, they had three boys and then they chose me. And so they, they came from a side of excitement. Like they weren't doing it for the money. My mom would say like, Oh, it's not for the money at all. Like that's, they would care less. It was making an impact on the child's life. And it, and it eventually led to, you know, my dad was military. So I got to travel around every two years, um, got to see some places that I wouldn't have got to see, um, met some people I wouldn't have got to meet, like just had, a different whole life than what it could have been just because a couple decided to, you know, go out of their comfort zone and love on a child. And I think that's what people need to realize is sometimes you have to get over, I had to get over the, okay, well, I'm not going to be perfect. Like no one's perfect. You just got to do it. Well, and I think that goes back to doing it for the right reasons right, and yeah. how it, it'll shine through. Because, like, that's one thing I've seen with your adoptive parents. Like, it made me want to cry at your wedding when... Oh, really? Yeah, like, Aww. they treated you <laughs> like... Sweet. They treated you like you were their daughter. Like, oh, yeah. You know, there was, like, no no difference whatsoever. No, so one thing my dad said, and I think he even said it, like, um, to the social workers. And I think it... I don't know if it got said in court, whatever. But he said, the minute she becomes ours, it's no different. She's my daughter no matter what. And, like... I never understood that until I was like, until actually my wedding, when you, now that you bring that up, I was looking at pictures today, making a book. It's funny how <laughs> life happens. But like, I saw that, you know, genuinely it was like, he was giving me away. It wasn't just, oh, well, she's not blood related. So we're going to keep that divide. No, it was never like that growing up, Yeah. which unfortunately in some cases, um, kids get treated like, oh, well, just cause you're not blood, we're going to treat bring you down here but that's not right either well and that's what i if it's that's really interesting because that like you and i have have completely opposite yeah. experiences yeah. whereas like i can see like in your situation that you were completely loved yeah. and uh in my situation like if you go back and look at pictures like there's you weren't loved i wasn't loved but there was like a distance like yeah. i remember there was um uh what do you call it like uh i think you were there at our church when we had uh like a dedication service. Oh, I remember that. Cool. And we have, I a, think that, I think there's pictures. I don't know if I actually, there's know. a Maybe picture. Go back and try to find that picture Okay. because I don't even think I have it, but, um, I'll have to look. Joey is standing in, I think in front of my mom and like they, they're like hugging on him and I'm, there's a clear diff like distance between yeah. me and them. Like there's a huh. gap. Well, I remember and one almost time, every picture is like that. I remember one time yeah. when we met in the summer and had like a picnic and I went up to hug you and your mom got really weird. And I was like, she was like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because he's my blood. He's my brother. Then I like to her, she was kind of seeing like the gap, like you were talking about, like you guys, you know, yeah, you're siblings, but you don't live in the same lives. But in my head, I was like, we do live in the same lives. We're just <laughs> separate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I never saw a divide. Yeah. Like the older I got, the more I didn't see it. If you know what I mean? Cause yeah. a lot of people will be like, Oh, well they're your, you know, biological brothers. I'm like, what's your point? They're yeah. my brothers. Like you can, you can shush and move on. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're the same. Like a lot of people in society put that, put that, you know, gap. They're like, oh, just because you lived a different life and you went through this and you are blood related, but you are over here. Then we're going to keep this, we're going to keep this divide. I think well, that's one no. thing that whole experience has taught me that like, you don't have to have blood in order to be close. 
I mean, because like my adopted brother yeah. William, him and I are pretty close. Like, like we're actual brothers. Like, yeah. Like, if, he's super if we cool. if we hang out, <laughs> no, he's not. Um, <laughs> oh, ouch! He just roasted you on his podcast. Ouch. Okay. Um, but the thing is, like, him and I are so close. Like, it, it like you would think that like yeah. we were actual brothers. Like, I remember him and I going to the mall as teenagers, and people we'd be flirting with girls or whatever, and they'd be like, "Oh, you guys are brothers. We could totally see the resemblance." Like, no, you can't. we're not even related. <laughs> I would get that. Like, I would get that with my not biological brothers. I would get, oh, you guys all look alike. And, like, my mom would be, like, it, sometimes she would say, oh, well, she's not, like, blood-related. But then she just finally said, well, it's a long story. Like, it just, after a long time, it just gets weird saying, like. Is that something that you got sick of explaining? Yes. Because I'm, oh, yes. oh, my gosh. <laughs> people would be, like, why is she so short? Or why is her hair so blonde? Like, people would say those things. And it was, like. Try being somebody who has dark complexion <laughs> compared to everybody else. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Well. <laughs> See, I don't so, like stereotypes. So. Yeah, I, I wouldn't guess that. You know. No, no. I mean, it's it's something that like going through like that, like through a situation like that, it really get, teaches you lessons. Yes, it really yeah. teaches you that like if like being blood really does not matter because like there's a thing like, I mean, uh, I mean. I don't not to throw anybody under the bus, but like there's people that I'm related to that are blood relatives and they do not have anything to do with me. And yeah. they, I've, I've tried to have relationships with them and they, they still like for some reason just can't get over their, their own stuff because yeah. they can't get out of their own way and, and have a relationship. I'm kind of there myself. Cause like in the past, like see how deep I want to go. Let's see how real I want to go here. Let's be real. <laughs> Let's get real. <laughs> well, there's a difference between talking to my brother and talking to an audience, you know. That's true. Um, so I'll just generalize this one. But and I think you can kind of fill in the blanks. But in the older I've gotten and the more family history and stuff that I've found out about our past that was kind of, I would say, hidden in a way, um, has made me kind of want to like dig myself and kind of see and like reach out. But it's also, like you said, it's put up barriers with certain family members that are like, Well, I'm not gonna give you that information because you're seeing it this way. Well, okay, I haven't gotten the other side. So how am I supposed to see it? Not throwing anybody on the bus, but how am I supposed to see it the other way? You know? Right. That's where I'm going to leave that. But. Well, I mean, and that's where, like, you know, being your own independent independent person and being somebody who has gone through the things that you've gone through, even though, like, you may not remember them because you were so young, yeah. it's still up to you to figure out what actually happened and to determine what both sides of the argument were. Like, exactly. and that's, that's exactly what I did. And it really made people angry and yeah. it caused a wedge between relationships. And the thing is like, it's only fair, you know, for somebody who was taken away from their parents and their siblings right. and put through all this trauma and all the, all these bad experiences in life, ultimately have a better life now. But yeah. like growing up, it was, it was terrible. Like, I mean, if I was any other person, I probably would have killed myself. Yeah. And you know, it's like, Going through that, growing, going through all of that to not know anything is pointless. Like, yeah, you have to figure it out. You have to figure out how you got there, why you're there mm -hmm. and, and try to like mentally like, and like, I don't know, that, prepare like, yourself for, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's and something that like frustrated me talking with certain family members is just like you said, they would get upset about the way you heard it. And it's like, well, okay, my siblings went through it. You just saw it from the outside. You weren't actually the one in it. And like that to me gets to a frustrating point because it's like 
then people start accusing and things like that. And it's like, um, yeah, but these are the people going through it. And I was actually in this situation, not you. I'm glad you got to sit back and watch it all. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It well, just it's real. It it's a selfish thing to do to expect, yeah. you know, the, the people who were actually um, affected by the situation to not want to ask questions, like yeah. to, to expect them to just accept it for whatever they think it is and just move on. It's, it's a selfish thing to do. So I have a question for you since we're getting real. Um, so based <laughs> off your past and like what you went through as a child and, and teen and things like that, like that taught you, I'm sure a lot, like how you would want a parent in life. Like, how is it having your own kids? Like, mm. do you see a lot of yourself, your siblings? Like, how is that all kind of That's working? a really deep question. Okay. Um, I think that for me, um, I definitely see, like, myself in, in my kids um, in good ways and bad ways. Uh, <laughs> I see the good things and the bad things, which is, you know, it's kind of cool to see, like, yeah, as, yeah. as, like, knowing that I was able to create something like, like that and mm -hmm. it's interesting to see like that biological connection because that's something that like i remember seeing until i was nine with mm -hmm. you know um with our mom but right. then after that like i i have nothing so it's cool to see that in my kids um but like one thing that like having kids i always knew that i didn't want the same situation for them right and i always wanted better for them and i still do i still want better for them i don't want them to experience any of the things that i've gone through yeah that's now like as far as like um uh like as far as like parenting like parenting uh skills and everything that's something that you develop over time mm -hmm. you get better you learn how to parent those specific children cuz like somebody might tell you like in this situation this is how you handle it but it might not work for that kid so you got to like figure out what what works and what what doesn't in that process you'll you'll mess up you'll you're not going to be a perfect parent i mean everybody gets frustrated they get angry they get upset so it's up to you to figure out like how you want to manage that. And for me, that's something that like, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I, I want to not get angry. I not, I don't want to like, I don't want to raise my kids in fear, like how I was raised, like in, in foster care, because that's how like, um, that's how I grew up. I was like fearing my ad adopted parents. I was fearful of like how they would react and, um, or like if, like something minor happened. Like if I told a little white lie, like the punishment was so great. It was like, I, I had to get grounded for months. Um, and so it makes me think of something. I, mean, I don't want to cut you. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, the, the, it made me think of like with somebody messing up this, uh, a system that's supposed to be right and orderly. It like, it seems like this concept of ends justify the means kind of thing where it's like, oh, we need all hands on deck, so we're going to compromise. And, like, maybe with, like, manufacturing sometimes or whatever, they, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> I don't know. but I definitely get what you're saying with that because, um, <laughs> like, working at GM, like, they have a certain way of doing things mm -hmm. until they don't have manpower. Then they're like, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't care anymore. Yeah. yeah Is that kind of what you're, like, getting at? Yeah, I was just thinking of that theme generally because it it seems to be like a really common thing today that people justify ends justifying the means that that concept in their lives and in in businesses and government and churches, which is the worst because they're supposed to be the example of like 
Can you give me an example of like how you see it happen? Um, Let's see. uh, Practically and. You're going to get a whole paper here. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, Let me see. Uh, I, I believe in like procreation. So like, let's see. Some people might think ends justify the means where they can, um, you know, like try to control everything in this way that doesn't produce life. And in order to make it easier to justify that means of making life easier by controlling and, you know, manipulating nature and natural systems of right and orderliness. I think that's at the root of a lot of it, but, um, so it's really like, difficult. So kind of like <laughs> micromanagement in a sense yeah. of different situations. But we are supposed to, I think we are supposed to do that a little, but probably but, not to the degree. But to not micromanage somebody specifically to the point where like, like they're fearful of just coming to you and, and discussing things with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of a broad topic. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's that's usually where where I go though. <laughs> in in broad topics or yeah, I go with like thirty seven thousand feet or more, <laughs> depending <laughs> on your view of. Well, let's drop it on a pinpoint of the earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, um, back to like the child raising. My mind's just going hundred miles an hour. So good luck. Um, <laughs> so you have you have hundred thousand feet dropping to mile going hundred miles an hour. So good luck. Um, but I've worked in childcare for like a little bit and like I get what you're saying where like parents they like to tell the um like what's what was the word I'm thinking of um the caregivers like at the um uh d- child development places how to raise their kids and it's like I understand that I understand your concerns but you're not with them yeah 24/7 right now yeah um we will try to adapt to your concerns as much as possible but if it's life or death you know yeah, that's one thing, like, raising kids is people would always tell you, like, this is how you should do it. And this is, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, excuse me, it's that Sprite. <laughs> um, this is yeah. why you don't drink I'm pop and you, talk. <laughs> so what I was going to say about that is some some stuff has uh, Cinemix in it. Okay. I think it's called. And yeah. it's basically Just, infant it's, stem cell clone baby. See, you said this before the podcast, and I wanted to. Cr- I wish I wanted you didn't to bring it up on the podcast. No, we're going we're gonna to. Oh research this Don't take not, not to prove it. you wrong or anything point, but so the, no i i actually would like to be proven wrong um i would like to be proven wrong because you, if it's in everything and you can't eat anything basically no, if it's in ton, it i mean just, you can eat it it just, just makes you not eat snacks you snacky crappy foods like cheetos which you know <laughs> so processed food. cheetos especially the big ones i know cheetos but, are great so what is it called cinemax Cinemix or Cinemix. Is, I don't so there's, I there's don't think it's Cinemix. I think it's Cinemax. I don't, Here, I I don't know. Cinemax. Just Maxon. Estin Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to read his name out? Call him out. Yeah, he's my. So yeah, there's a whole we bag have, of chips. We have we have friends <laughs> who are health nuts. I don't think that's uh, the right word verbiage there. What is it? Hold on, I'm gonna. Ha- he's gonna, he's looking it up. Um, um let's do let's do this. Hold on. Sorry. You're good. It made me not eat. Cinnamon I don't know if anymore, I want this part I on the podcast, though. Crunch. I don't know if I want this. Okay, fine. 
Well, we've been talking about it, so we we have to. I know, but I don't want to be singled out. You know You're not going to be singled out. I don't want to be singled that's, out. That's why we fact check things. Fact okay, check if you just do a basic search. Um, do a basic search. Can they see? I don't they have can see this. so many gigs. Cinema. Here, so honey. what is it called? Hold on. I don't have what, I don't have I'll do this. Hold on. Uh, anyway, there's a lady that's suing. She was on the Christian radio station. She's suing. Uh, a macaroni and cheese company for like her macaroni and cheese being too hot. Did you hear about like, this? It's kind of like the spill a cup of coffee, make a million dollars <laughs> from McDonald's. But I'm like, if she knew about the Cinemix thing, <laughs> she's probably not even using. Here we that. go. This is CBS News. She make way more money. All right. Uh, how do That's I? That's just Pepsi. That's just Pepsi. Pepsi's though. probably one of the better ones. It's like the difference between five. Okay. Here, here we so go. this is this CBS is the News. Hold on. This is Pepsi Bizarro World boycotted over Embronic. How do you say that? Companies flavor enhance. It's flavor enhancers. This isn't even the article I found. That's the article our friend sent us. That's crazy. But there's academic. I don't even know what. I don't even know what news organization that is. This is CBS. I'm going to read this. A bizarre controversy is unfolding over an impending low calorie soda from Pepsi, which company is creating with the help of biotech company Cinemix. Cinemix. Numerous anti-abortion groups have started a boycott of Pepsi products because they say Cinemix, which develops new ingredients intended to enhance sweetness and other flavors, has done so by embryonic cell kidney cells that were originally taken from an aborted baby. This accusation presents a twofold problem for Pepsi. The first, most obvious one, is that the beverage giant has now ardent anti abortionist breathing down ardent i'm sorry has now ardent anti-abortionist breathing down its neck the second the po- and possibility more troubling issue is that pepsi of pep uh, i'm sorry issue is that some of pepsi's attempts to create groundbreaking and healthier products are now associated with fetal kidney cells what is cinemax what is what cinemax is up to is this claim true neither pepsi nor cinemax returned calls so we don't know the company's side of the story but a personal of Cinemex patents suggest that it may be well, it may well be all but seven of the company's 77 patents refer to the use of H E K two ninety three human embryo, embryo, embryonic kidney cells, which researchers have used for decades as biological workhorses for the bio geeks among you. These cells offer a reliable way to produce new proteins via genetic engineering. The company appears to be engineering HEK cells to function like the taste rep rece- receptor cells we have in our mouth. This yeah. way, Cinemix can test millions of substances to see if they work as different types of taste enhancers without subjecting human volunteers to endless taste tests. So basically, this that's one article. I just sent you an article, David, that actually goes into like what the H... Um, H-E-K cells? Um, what Cinemex is and then H-E-X-293 <laughs> is. But, like, basically, like, it's it's a thing that's – I haven't seen a lot of research done. So, like, what I've kind of – I haven't really, like, told a lot of people, which a lot of people don't handle it well. What I've said is, you know, do your own caution. Like, if, you know, believe what you want to believe. Like, because um, for me, there's not a lot of research done on it, but there's not things not proving it. So it's kind of like – just made me want to eat healthier. After That's that. kind of what. But it not did. like legalistically. Like no. I still want to. I would if you, somebody gave me a pop. I, was I tried to give really you a pop thirsty. before you got here. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thirsty. <laughs> there was no alternative. 
And I was held against my will. No, <laughs> no you were not. I would still, like, I, I think I had a Gatorade. You, you had, had a Gatorade in my car. Yeah, and I didn't true. make that big a deal about it. But, like, it just makes you more aware of what you're eating, basically. Like, Well, if, I mean, you should always be aware of what you're eating. But, like, if they can throw that in a pop, then what are they throwing in our actual food? You know what I mean? Hey everyone. So uh, during this episode, I discussed something that would be considered pretty controversial. We bring up an article from CBS talking about embryonic cells that are possibly being used in um, soda products or pop, as you would call it here in the Midwest. Um, But primarily Pepsi is supposedly using these and it's a conspiracy. However, I do pull up an article and I read a portion of it, but I didn't read enough into it on the podcast and in doing so I want to I want to obtain from spreading misinformation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the whole article here right now um and then you can I'll put the I'll put the article in the comments or in the in the um description below and uh you can look it up for yourself. So it's interesting either way. Uh but yeah, here it is. I'm going to put it on the screen. All right. So a bizarre controversy is unfolding over the impending low-calorie soda pe- soda from Pepsi, which the company is creating with the help of the biotech company Cinemax. Numerous anti-abortion groups have started a boycott of Pepsi products because they say Cinemax, which develops new ingredients intended to enhance sweetness and other flavors, has done so using embryonic kidney cells that were originally taken from an aborted baby. This accusation presents a twofold problem for Pepsi. The first... Most obvious one is that uh, is is that the beverage giant has now ardent anti-abortionist breathing down its neck. The second and most and possibly more troubling issue is that some of Pepsi's attempts to create groundbreaking and healthier products are now associated with fetal kidney cells. What Cinemax is up to? Is this claim true? Neither Pepsi nor Cinemax returned calls, so we don't know the company's side of the story but a pre-usal of Cinemix patents suggests that it may be well, may well be. All but seven of the company's 77 patents refer to the use of HEK-293 human embryonic kidney cells, which researchers have used for decades as biological workhorses. For the biogeeks among you, these cells offer a reliable way to produce new proteins via genetic engineering. The company appears to be engineering HEK cells to function like the taste receptor cells we have in our mouth. This way, Cinemex can test millions of substances to see if they work as different types of taste enhancers without subjecting human volunteers to endless taste tests. To non-scientists, this may sound a bit strange, but the real- reality is that HEK-294 cells are widely used in pharmaceutical research. Helping scientists create vaccines as well as drugs like those for rheumatoid arth- arthritis the difference here is that Cinemix works for Pepsi is one of the first times the cell have potentially been used to create food or beverage. And it's more or it's important to note that no part of a human kidney cell are ever part ever a part of Cinemix taste enhancers or any finished food products. When Bioscience meets the mass market for Debbie Vinage, who runs the anti-abortion group Children for of God for Life, that doesn't matter. It's the you factor. It strikes a really strong reaction in people, she said in an interview. She points to the fact that one of Cinemix patents, not one of the, not one for a product Pepsi would be using, refers to the way company scientists use mifepristone to get unstable HEK cells to respond. 
Mifprestone, I, I might be saying that wrong, being more commonly known as RU-486, the abortion pill. Vinage, who has been ca- campaigning against the use of embryonic cells for years, unearthed the information about Cinemex and HEK by combining through the company's patents. Even though HEK-293 cells trace their origin to a single light, single fetal kidney back in the 1970s, everything has come from cultured cell lines. Vinage considers their use unethical because it's it indirectly creates a market for aborted fetuses and encourages scientists to hunt for new embryonic cell lines. She argues that Cinemex could use other non-fetus based cell lines, such as those from animals. Pepsi is not alone. Pepsi is hard is hardly the only company working with Cinemex. Kraft's KFT, Cadbury Unit, Nestle, the soybean company Soleil, and the flavor company Ferment, Ferment, also, also have partnerships, and Vinage and her supports have sent letters to those companies as well. Cinemex says the Nestle is selling products with its flavor ingredients, though it doesn't specify which products. Pepsi, though, remains the biggest and most obvious target. A New Yorker article last month uh, on the company's reveal company revealed that a new 60% less sugar soda could be out within six months. But David Cohen, a Raymond a Raymond James stockbroker who's been following Cinemex. Oh, come on. Uh, uh, for several years, says he doesn't expect a product until 2013. Plenty of time for Pepsi to craft its side of the story, should it decide to tell it later. Should it decide to tell it. So, yeah, guys, that's the article. Um, that's the article I pull up, pulled up on the podcast. That's the article that I partially read. Um, I had no ill intent on bringing that up. It was just something that was brought up in conversation, and I thought I probably should read through the whole article um, amongst releasing this episode just because I don't I don't want any misinformation out there. I don't want somebody hearing it and then going and repeating it. So, anyways, I think if uh, you find that interesting, you should look it up. Um, obviously, that's an article from a very long time ago. It was uh, 2011 when it was uh, published. So, yeah, who knows how accurate that is. I haven't done the research, um, and I should have done it on the podcast. But anyways, there's that. Thank you guys for listening, and thanks for your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe this video. Uh, If you're listening on Apple, please leave a a comment or a a review. I would appreciate that. Anyways, enjoy the episode. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just made me really, wow, you're double. (laughs) I wouldn't take it too far because you got some global stabilization stuff going on here. Yeah, you don't want to mess kinda, around too much with that. I would just kind of leave it. What do you mean global stabilization? <laughs> well, <laughs> you I mean, that's we that's a lot of good infrastructure that has a lot of good purposes for the world. Is these these companies right. that make all our junk food. Right. We we need junk food a little bit. Yeah, here. and you but know, the thing is is like they were kids. saying that um they were saying Nestle Quick uh also sells products with the with that ingredient. Mm-hmm. So Nestle Kraft um, There's so many there's so many. Here, yeah, I sent you an article. There's like there's like 90 companies, basically. If you have a bag of chips, like upstairs or whatever, look in it. It will have Cinemax. Have you ever seen Gotham City, the the whole thing? No, I haven't. So there's this one <laughs> scene where uh, the police guy, he's like, we just have to make the best, worst decision. And so they make the best, worst decision and have this horrible person lead them. But it was like, that was the 
they answer. Anyways, and it actually makes sense. You can take what we say. You can take it or leave it. But know. it just has made us just eat healthier and think decision. about it. That's all. Well, I mean, I guess if anything, at <laughs> least it had a, a positive benefit on your guys' health, right? I guess. I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah I, I guess. Mean, mental health? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can't eat squat. <laughs> yeah, no. no, it's not. I don't, I don't know. know. If people still it's offer fun. me stuff, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I can't eat that. I mean, he'll say it under his breath, but like, you know. Like, There's so many problems with eating different processed foods. Like uh, I was talking about this on uh, the podcast with a guy. His name is Chris West. And we were talking about Oreos <laughs> and we looked it up on the podcast. It has, um, <laughs> what is it? Glyte? Like glycemic or whatever. I can't remember what it's called, but anyways, it's an ingredient that is just as (laughs) addictive as cocaine. And so that's why you can't, that's why you can't stop eating like Oreos. And that's why, um, you never feel full on them. But they're so yummy. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Because so you just keep eating them. Gosh, why do you have to ruin Oreos, David? No, thankfully, I don't well, like the texture. We didn't have to so get that real. That helps. I'm just kidding. I still eat Oreos, so. Yeah. I was going to say. So I got to keep it real. Stop. <laughs> I'm saying David will be down in a whole thing sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> Whenever we buy Oreos, I at least eat one sleeve. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. to. Sleeve. I, I know. To. I indulge a little bit. I know, right? <laughs> I like the double stuffed mint. Oh, uh, you lost me. Ew, I think it's funny. Oh, you're regular sleeve. stuffed? Reg- double stuffed. Regular double stuffed. Are you, okay, here's another. You guys will get to know David real quick. Are you a, I eat the the outside cookie and then eat the middle and then you eat the bottom cookie or do you eat the middle or do you eat the whole thing? No, I eat the whole thing. I dip <laughs> it in like a savage in milk and then I eat it. No, no, no. Sometimes I have to scoop it out with a spoon See, and eat it. Ew, that's where you <laughs> lost me. Ew, that is soggy. Ew. Yeah, he likes milk. See, I'm yeah. the, I'll take it all apart, eat the middle first, <laughs> then eat one cookie and eat the other cookie. See, I don't but if I'm around. in a rush, if I'm in a rush, then I'll eat it all. <laughs> I hate candy. I can give no candy my whole life, but cookies, chocolate chip. Oh, chocolate chip are good. Cookies are my downfall. They're so good. Like homemade chocolate. Have you ever had my mom's homemade chocolate chip cookies? I'm sure I have at some point. They're amazing. They're like the. the But I'm going to say no, so you have to bring them over. (laughs) (laughs) See, we cook together. You're going to knock at 2 a.m. We were up, so here you go. (laughs) Just kidding. So, anyways, going back back to this baby drink. I'm drinking. <laughs> yep. I love saying that. It's like funny, but you're like serious at the same time. Deep down, you're like, See, what am I doing? This is why I didn't want to bring it up because now people are like, oh, look at that. No, I'm just kidding. Just whatever. Well, fine. Good. If y'all want to judge, be like that. I don't know. I guess I want to research it more. I love the spread. Like I said, there's not a lot out. Like I, I'll send you the articles that our friends send us that are they're accredited, but they're, there's not a lot out. That's there, There's basically one with a ton of stuff, yeah. and it's just a dot .org. But then there's like empirical articles on Cinemix. Yeah. But it's none of them are going to, none of the empirical stuff is going to academic, just Google academic journals. None of those are going to be actually um, on websites because they'll probably be taken off by a company. Yeah. That's a huge Um, problem with, I feel like Sprite wasn't on there though. Good. Just to let you know, because I don't remember seeing it on the little website. We're I mean, it is a Pepsi check. product, though. Yeah. We're going to fact check it right But it's right less now Pepsi to because make you feel even not. more concerned about yourself. It's Sprite, not Pepsi. It's a, it's the- My name is Lauren Harrington. I'm a real estate agent with Century 21, Lemac Realty. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, I can help. From the big cities to the small towns and anything in between, I can make your home buying dreams come true. 
Come join the Century 21 family. Contact me anytime at 989-534-6430 to begin the process. I look forward to hearing from you. That sounded good. That's the worst option. Is there a cat scratching at the door? I might. <laughs> but there's no, I mean, it's cool to maybe explore other options. Like, have you ever, the difference between like glass bottled pop and like. It's so much better. It tastes yeah. so much better. But that it's like made in another country, it. but it's. Yeah, better. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I do. So, so anyways. I going, think you're fine. I think I'm fine. I mean. I think. I have citric acid in it though. But yeah. Yeah, but. <laughs> you're just hurting yourself the either way. Citric acid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't be. To, don't be like doing that to my drink. Like, this is zero ca- zero sugar, <laughs> zero <laughs> calories. It's okay. I got really zero. Line. I got like, water right here. Represent. Yeah, but right? we got this these is a free waters. Sprite commercial right here. <laughs> See, Sprite free free commercial for them. There you go. It's good. No, I it's to guilt be honest. Free. To be honest with That's you true. though, like I really like Coke. Like if I was gonna drink a pop, I like Coke. I will admit it, but I try not to drink all the time because it is not good for you. You know they used to put Coke or Coke, Coke in Coke. Yes. Coca-Cola? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't drink it that much, but, like, man, sometimes a cold Coke on a hot day. There's nothing better. Yeah, in a glass bottle. In a glass bottle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Glass yeah. I had a it's teacher. McDonald's time. Coke is pretty good, though. Oh, theirs is the best. Yeah, they they have the that on. Around. That's on point. Do you but know why it's the best? Cinnamon. There's actually a video on it. Ridiculous. Are you done ruining my uh, show? Do the ends just find me? I don't know. <laughs> Are you done ruining my show? Sorry. Okay, thank you. Um, I actually watched a video on how McDonald makes their Coke. It's the way they dispense it. Yeah, that's interesting. It's the way they dispense it. it. The, the the like the tubes in the machine they use. It. I don't remember all the it'll information. Pump a little sugar in it. I don't know, but <laughs> it's good. No, well, it's like a. Isn't it made with? Yeah, it's a special container. Yeah, it's a special container. Like fast foods are trying to replicate it. So they can get that specific taste that McDonald's has, but they, they can't even touch it. Did you guys ever watch the documentary on McDonald's and what they how yes. they took over? Yes. Yeah, I think that was actually uh-huh. the in the documentary. No, this was a different one. Different. I watched with my brother. Yeah, this one was ridiculous. Like it, it made me not want to eat at McDonald's ever again. Cause they like I mean, obviously that's how they became a superpower, but the guy who originated it mm-hmm. kind of stole it from the people who actually the the guy who started the chains stole it from the people that originated it. Mm-hmm. I just eat the burritos. <laughs> the breakfast burritos? <laughs> like They're that's actually pretty good. I heard a little bit about those. And There's like, good stuff. I don't know. Once in a while, a cheeseburger's good from there, but then I realized like making the meat and actually eating like more not so processed is better. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's Maybe not real their, meat. I think their eggs yeah, are pretty good. Like, probably have good. Eggs. I judge you for that. I used to work there. I know their eggs are not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe in the burrito though, because burrito. Uh, I didn't know you used I, to work there. Yeah, back in high school, I worked at Wendy's for like a week. <laughs> and I was like, you worked at Wendy's for a week and then realized <laughs> when I worked Greg in fast food me. for like a year and almost a half. You worked at Chick Fil A though. I did, but that, I could tell you about Chick Fil A. They're not as good as they. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, w- issues. how do how do they portray themselves? Because I don't really. Well, now I don't know. They, they I don't want to get too. Uh, uh, I would say political or on this podcast, but they we can stood, get political. 
they stood for, <laughs> they stood for one thing. <laughs> they stood to be a Christian company, and the founder actually was Christian. And now they're falling into all the other agendas and stuff. How so? Like, like, what agendas? Um, I would say the LGBTQ, all that stuff. Okay. Which, you know, if a company wants to do that, that's fine. But they need to not claim one thing and how are they, another. How are they getting involved in that? Um, Well, when I worked, the branch that I used to work at, they um would hire people on the higher end of the like working chain, I don't know, however you want to describe it, like managers, things like that, who might be, you know, LGBTQ to try to make it okay when the original founder, that's not really their vision for it. Um, they have documentaries on Chick-fil-A, um, like how it all started and things like that. And if you look at that, it's kind of like, well, would they be happy to know their companies now? You know, I don't know. But We were sitting in class, Systematic Theology 2, when I was in seminary. So there's some authority behind this. Um and the professor's like, you guys, I've got something serious to share today. I was going to talk about angels and all this cool stuff, but he's like, Chick-fil-A has compromised. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like ridiculous. And so I don't know. I mean, their food is good. Their food is really good. Their food is good. It's still not healthy for you. It has um, Cinemax in it. Well, it does? <laughs> Eric, that's what our friend said. They, uh, their fries have Cinemax in it. And stuff. Well, okay, so granted, most potatoes, you got to grow that stuff yourself or get organic because potatoes were on like the dirty dozen list of like bad foods. But Even though I, I love potatoes. I still eat Chick-fil-A. It's still yummy. It's so, just the you process, know, like, how they grow them. Well, with, like, I mean, the majority of things in the the standard American diet are not healthy anyways. No, like if you, if you have like a, simply a salad and you're putting salad dressing on it, it has seed oil in it and seed oil yeah, is not good day. for you whatsoever. It's like yeah. you might as well be eating car oil. It's like one grade away from being car oil. Ew. Yeah. Thanks and for ruining dressing. I'm just saying. It's like, and <laughs> same know. with like no, Chick-fil-A sauce and like ketchup <laughs> and ranch and all these I other know. things. Like, you um, get, yeah, you need to get yeah. like mentally ahead of the food game. So it's or like, or it. it's cooked in seed oil. Like their chicken, yeah. they, they put it in the frying mm -hmm. oil and it's all seed oil. Yeah. But it's delicious. Uh, it is delicious. Mm -hmm. I eat it regularly. Not regularly, but Salad? you know, what's that? No, he eats Chick Fil A regularly. Oh, Chick Fil A, yeah. Not like super regularly, but yo, call us next time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. We're like our friends are like, don't get the sauce. It's something's bad in the sauce. The Chick Fil A sauce. Like too much sugar. So his thing, wife makes the so best Chick Fil A sauce. sauce One thing that really bothers me about Chick Fil A is that they're overly nice, and like I know that it's not genuine. Like no, they, David. They hooked up. So this is a little <laughs> blessing, not miracle. Maybe. Was that the Chick-fil-A line? It's just funny. They're overly nice. <laughs> they are. It's what You if, know it's not what, real. What if they want to be nice? No, I, I think they should be nice. And <laughs> like if I go to McDonald's, I want the same treatment. Wait, wait. However, so you want them to be mean and hand you your cup and be like, here you go. <laughs> no, I don't want them to be mean. <laughs> okay. But I don't want them to be like... How may I be of service for you of you today? Like it's just it's overly yeah, it's yeah. it's overly yeah. done. They well, didn't like, even say their name too. <laughs> no, like, All that, like the whole like no, my Andrew, pleasure. I don't care that your name is Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> the whole like my pleasure thing. Like I never like saying that. Like my cousin used to say it all the time before he worked at Chick Fil A, and then he would say it when he worked there. And I remember turning around him one day. I'm like, yo, like that's a little much. Like. I don't even like saying it that because it's not my pleasure to serve you. Like it should be, yes, but there's times where it's not. It just it just seems like something that's not needed in today's culture. Whereas, yeah. like, just being like nice and being respectful of the customer is 
would go a long ways. It like would. that's something you don't get a lot at McDonald's or like any other restaurant, no, any, true. any other restaurant. It doesn't matter what the place is or anywhere. It could be the store even. Customer service today is terrible. It is terrible. So I do kind of respect Chick-fil-A in that manner because their employees are super respectful. They but in, a, in another sense, I also find it kind of condescending a little bit because you know they're forced to be like that. Wait, and so you so, want it to be terrible and then it no, no, no. Is terrible. <laughs> so you no. I'm complaining without having a solution, all right? Oh, yeah, I understand. That's like the way. He just wants to say they're too nice. He wants his drink slammed in front of him and his food thrown at him, no. you know. I just want them to be nice but not overly nice. I want no, them to I be get, real. I get that. Some part of me yeah, is like it's cold I, here. I get I get <laughs> I get that. Like they're like, My pleasure and you're like, Is that really your pleasure? Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, I mean the thing that. is like you have these people outside standing out there taking orders in the weather, like you know that their their life isn't like all like hunky dory, like they make it seem like so don't don't act that way. Just be like, Hey sir, how are you doing today? Like how can I like help how can you. I help you? Like <laughs> nah. what what would you like to order? Yeah. Don't they, like how may I be of service nice to you? <laughs> the way you said that, David. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. you just ruined my experience. Now I go to Chick Fil A. I'm gonna think of that. How oh, I may be of service of you today. <laughs> <laughs> but we're never gonna be able to stop. Uh, what? I'm just joking. Because <laughs> well. I don't know. Even though I work there and I see their flaws, I still eat there once in a while. Like, it's like, yeah. I don't know. I, I went through a period, though, like after working there, I couldn't stand there, smell their food, and I couldn't eat it for a while. I think like that happens to almost any place you work. When, whenever yeah. it's like a restaurant related, going into a place that you've worked and you've seen kind of the disgusting side of it, you're yeah. like, oh, like you, that smell just kind of gets burned into your nose. And I'm you're, not saying like Chick fil A wasn't disgusting, but like, just they're smelling the fried food all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I could still go for some waffle fried, though. Those never got old. Those never got old. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm like an environmental vegan, if you had to categorize. You're so. an environmental vegan? Or like the logical <laughs> Whatever. Do you don't eat, in the same you, category? You don't eat meat? He does no, eat meat. I eat meat. So <laughs> I care more about the manufacturing side and all that. And But there's people that take that way too far. And so you're you're all for ethical um yeah. Okay. And and within measured I, you know systems. Like like if it's a family mom and pop it's it, more of the mom and pop huge, side than the fast food. Whatever. I which, understand. Which I get, which is kinda cool to like support a small That's actually part of the what so the, the McDonalds started and they had the they they bought out a mom and pop chain yeah. for the name, right? Which there's probably a lot behind the name, but still, it was like that mom and pop vibe. They ended up screwing them out of a deal, yeah. Yeah. is they, what they did. Yeah, and <laughs> they I feel bad the for the actual McDonald's family. But. Anyways, yeah. I mean, it's hard to get around fast food though in the culture we live in. Like it sometimes, if I can be brutally honest, sometimes it's too much work to cook at home. I'm like, like why? Like when I can go and get you know a pizza or whatever, like. True. And I can't even imagine having like two kids. Well, that's I mean, part. and we're not just gonna make PBJs. So yeah. that's what the, one of the things they said. Yeah. They're like, just don't make them PBJs every night. That's like child abuse. Make <laughs> them food. And like, you yeah. know, and, but our go-to, we love like stir fry. I love stir fry. So that's it's so really easy, but it's good, like easy. It's, it's you brought up um, local restaurants, and um, that's one thing. Like by doing this podcast, is I I wanted to support a lot more local people because I've had. Just recently, the other day, I had a um, a lady on from who the owner of Capital City Barbecue, oh. and um, she was on like she was on Triple D's show, and oh um, that's kind of cool. 
yeah, it was really cool. And so she was on his show and, but now like she's gone through like obviously the pandemic, she went through like a really bad breakup. And so like she used to own the restaurant with her ex and he like vowed to just ruin the restaurant. And so that happened like 2019, then the pandemic happened. So they had to shut down. Then, then like uh, this year was inflation and like, so they've been just hit hard. So her business is struggling and um, she was on the podcast. She's from Vietnam and she was oh, sharing her story cool. and how she like it was horrific. Her story is horrific. She was crying, telling her story, and like hearing her story just made me like just not want to go to any like any like big chains like that. Like I, Joey was here that night and he was taking his girlfriend out to dinner and I was like, you should go to her restaurant. Like go to a local place. Wait, like, wait, wait. wait. Local. I have to stop you. He has a girlfriend. Yeah, we'll discuss that later. Hey. <laughs> Whoa, hold up. Yo, y'all just leave me out. Okay, fine. Joey's not part of this podcast right now. He's he's doing the uh, switching. I know of the he's cameras, not, but so. I see siblings leave siblings get, out. No, that actually, <laughs> y'all are getting it. You got to switch camera, Joey. Y'all are getting it later. Yeah, so Joey has a girlfriend. <laughs> we'll talk about but. that later. Oh yeah, we're bringing we're going down with that later. Keep it PG. <laughs> Maybe G if you have to. You know what I mean? I'm just he's so <laughs> cherry red. It's great. <laughs> oh. That's funny. Siblings. Siblings. So, <laughs> how long have we been going? An hour. So, we've been going to an hour. So We can cut it if you want. No, we're not. We'll, we'll, we'll ease into it. So you guys are doing this foster care thing. Yeah. What is your guys' intentions? Like, are you are you wanting to do it long term? Are you hoping to adopt eventually? That's that's just, uh, that's, a, that's a question in itself. Um, I am cutting in and out. Okay, I'm not anymore. Um, I... Well, I know for me personally, like, I want to do fostering for a little bit to kind of see what it's like to kind of get our feet wet, kind of see, you know, the type of cases we'll be working with, the foster parents, like, um, just kind of see how that all works. And, like, the degree that I'm getting in, getting, yeah, getting, that's the right word, is human community services. So it's dealing with this. So actually putting my degree into practice in a way and, like, working <laughs> with organizations and kind of seeing how it works, that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Um, I don't think right now we would want to adopt um, just because we want to have our own kids at some point. Um, it's not something that I'm not to oppose in the future. I think it'd be really cool, but I think right now just fostering is where I sit. Where do you sit on that? Full logic or just nutshell? Nutshell. Okay, nutshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> kids are great. I love children because God did. does. So my husband just wants as many kids as possible is basically oh my gosh. where he stands, <laughs> So, um, which I know I, hey, I respect his opinion, um, but reality. <laughs> no, I mean, so. logically, I'm like, I don't know, kind of go between like, it's a balance, obviously. And, but then also should just whatever kind of the f- more free flowing, um, Family is inherently good, so we should probably promote that as much as possible, however that looks. And if this is how it looks, then this is how it looks. If it means have a family like you do, which is, I think, great, then that's how it should look, you know? I could but, see for a minute. He's like, well, my family. No, I mean, <laughs> was in, like, in some ways, said? that's really ideal, and for us, contextually, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Ideal. Like I like I said, it's going to kind of go by ear. 
Like, we're going to kind of just see how it goes. I think you guys are going to get attached to... Well, yeah, for sure. like, how I say, how <laughs> I say with that, no like, pain, I'm going to no get kind of spiritual here for a second. But how I see is, like, um, you know, God doesn't call us to do things that are easy. So it's not going to be easy. And if, you know, we don't have some hurt when the child goes back to their parents, is what you want, um, reunification. But, you know, we're not doing our job right if there's not a little bit of pain and a little bit of, like that empty feeling right like if we weren't doing our job right we wouldn't have any of that and like no. i'd rather go through that day and night because i know i did what we were supposed to do yeah absolutely so that's kind of where i stand i just think that. that if the opportunity arose to where like maybe the child doesn't have the opportunity to go back and like it leaves a child up for adoption at that point for me i know that'd be difficult because i'm like you yeah. know like you've you've taken care of the child you've cared for it you're almost essentially the only person it's known up to that point right yeah especially being an infant it's not gonna like i said it is not gonna be easy i'm not <clears throat> saying it's gonna be at no, all no um, it's not it's gonna but be like it's gonna be also like very rewarding like even if they we aren't their parents i know they were in a safe home they were in a loving yeah. home they were shown what parents look are supposed to be what look like that are you know stable who love them who aren't going to be going in and out you know yeah um who aren't abusing them you know like just having that positive influence on life for if it's you know six months you know six weeks two days you know whatever like we get to be that beacon of light for them yeah. And like, like you said, it is not going to be easy, you know, if we have to decide if we're going to adopt. But I think right now where we stand is, you know, let somebody have that chance. Um, but that could change in a split second. Oh, so absolutely. I say this way before we have a placement. <laughs> Watch it be different. But um, that's kind of where we stand. So That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited know. for you it's, guys. It will be interesting. We'll have to keep you updated. We won't brag, but we'll. <laughs> you <laughs> we'll can brag to me. Know. I won't judge. <laughs> you can judge a little. <laughs> you can judge, but I'll just tell you, you know, you just you need help. <laughs> oh, that's need not it. what I would say. <laughs> All we can get. Oof. Yeah, that's something that that's something like foster care is something that I, I like used to want to do because like yeah. I was a part of it, but then now like yeah knowing like how difficult the system is and knowing like all the different hoops you have to jump through and how like of a tight knit, like, uh, like, uh, system it, it really is. It's like, you're kind of bound by that. And I don't, I, I don't personally want to be a part of that. Um, I would say like, this is just <clears throat> something that I just had a thought and you can be like, that's not where I see myself, but this is where I'm going to go with this. Like, even though you might not want to be a foster parent yourself, but I would recommend, like, if there's a way you could get involved with that, like, you know, in the human community services aspect. So you're still working with, the, like you're doing right here, you're still working with the community, but you're also making a difference on those kids' lives, but not yeah. having the foster parenting role. Right. Like, I think that yeah. would suit you really well, because you have a heart for it. You were in it. You know exactly what they're going through physically, emotionally. Like, well, I thought about like mentoring, like, because I know that like through uh, so Catholic social services, you can mentor. Um, oh, that's cool. Like, I did not know cool. that. That's you, cool. Yeah. You, you're like a volunteer, essentially. You go there and you just kind of like cool. mentor some kids and whatnot. You'd be um, great at that. But life is just, do that too. life is too busy right now. So <laughs> yeah. I, get, I get it. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I could see you working with the community that way because you have a heart for it. Like you were in it. You were smack dab in the minute, in the middle of it. So. We all were. I know, but <laughs> you remember a little bit more than I do, so you have more of a stepping stone. Yeah. But I think another thing, like, my mind, and I think other people believe this too in the world, and I don't know about you guys, but I think you, my wife, so you kind of, you have a similar thinking, but. Um, I would hope so. I, I feel like when you get married, it's just like, and I would 
it's just like part of being married is like kids are a thing it's it's they could not be for some people and that would yeah yeah some people are some people are just like career focused that's true they just want to have some like a significant other somebody that they can like kind of rely on but like they're just career focused and they don't want children you know i mean or you could have somebody or they can't have kids yeah or you could have somebody like me like in my early teens I did. I didn't want anything to do with guys. Like I, like I realized, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, guys are jerks." I was mm. like, yeah, "After two year relationship, that I'm good." True. Like guys are jerks. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I didn't want to get married. I would be the. I wanted to be the crazy like dog lady, you know. But then Chris came along. That's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'm like, what is the kindergarten? I was probably like interested in. Me. <laughs> uh, but no, like back to the fostering. Like it, it's. You know, it's a good reminder, like, talking to people, like, like we're talking to you. Like, it's a good reminder, like, what a big, like, task we're given. Like, yes, like, we don't have a placement right now, but we could any minute. Like, it kind of slips your mind when you start to do everyday life. Like, yeah. when you were, like, when I mentioned it, you're like, oh, so when's your placement? Like, I, I made me think about it. I was like, oh. That could happen. It could happen. My life could be, like, I could have it holding an infant tonight. Like, I just don't think about those things. Like, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, are you ready to be a mom? I'm like, are you ever ready to be a mom? Question mark. Like, I won't know until we're going through it. Like, Yeah, I mean, the yes. most you could do is kind of mentally prepare yourself for that moment. Yeah. But once you're in that moment, you're not going to be ready. Exactly. No matter what. Exactly. I mean, but, even when you have a kid, you're not going to be ready. But I feel like that's just the awesome adventure of it, though. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't know. And it's I, exciting. It part. gives it's, me hope knowing that there's people out there who are still willing to, like, authentically, like, care for somebody. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, my experience in foster care was terrible. And I know that there's so many people that just take advantage of the system. There's so many people yeah. that want to just do it for the money and do it for wrong reasons. They they might have mental illness or they might not, they might, whatever it is, whatever issues they have in life, they want to take somebody in so they can control them or whatever. But right. having somebody like you, somebody who's willing to take people in and love them and care for them is very important. And much like your, uh, your adopted parents too, yeah. like, you know, like they're like a godsend. Like, oh yeah. Like I said, it, it takes that one person Literally. getting out of their, <laughs> Chris is like, if they were for them, you know, no, um, <laughs> I don't know if we would have met. That's what he's thinking of. Um, anyways, I, still met. I don't think so. You were too much Serendipity of a rebel. Anyways. Um, so oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> back to fostering Chris. Um, you know, it took my parents and, you know, people like us stepping out of our comfort zone. Like, there, like I said, there's not a lot of resources for, okay, in the process of becoming foster parents, I have found some groups on Facebook that are like foster families, but that's kind of weird because then it's like this connection of like, oh, I can't say really about my case, but we have this child and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know, rely on family and friends to support us. Like that's what we're, right. you know, like in each other. Like that's, <clears throat> but, I don't know. I mean, groups are great. Like if that's your thing, cool. But it almost is like what you mentioned earlier. It's almost like a creepy, like I have yeah, this placement, careful. like yeah. look at me, like I'm good. Like, like I, like you said, people do it for the wrong reasons all the time. Family status, like, yeah, you know, just for the looks, buying the clothes, like that's all fun, but it's, it's yeah. not for that at the end of the day. It's to love them and, you know, to cherish them while they're in your home. And then that way, you know, they're safe you know, they're, um, 
they're mentally okay. You know, people will tell me all the time having a early childhood background, well, infants don't, they can't comprehend what's going on. Well, they might not be able to tell you verbally what's going on, but they can read your emotions. Yeah. And so, like, if you're stressed and everything and or if they're in an abusive home, things like that, they're going to feed off of that. And so if they could be in a home where they can be loved and it can be peaceful and calm and they can be themselves, then they're going to be a lot happier and better while and they're in your it, home. It literally can change the traje- trajectory of their life, too. Yeah. It can yeah. make them a better person. Um, yeah, I mean, like, if you look at, like, our situation, if we had remained in the same situation through our whole life, who knows where exactly we could, we, where we exactly. would be in life. Like, yeah. for one, we wouldn't live here in Michigan. You would have never so. met Chris. Nope. Um, we would, be like, hey, <laughs> if we would we'd be living in Lake Worth, Florida, which I don't know if you've ever been oh. to where we live, but it's like kind of a poor community. So we like wouldn't have much in life. Like we probably would have very minimal like opportunities. Right. Yeah. And so like I'm, I'm thankful, even though like I've gone through all the stuff, all the negative experiences in life, I'm still thankful for where I'm at today. Cause if oh, it yeah. wasn't for any of that, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Exactly. And, uh, I, I mean, even though like I had a lot of negative experiences, like it still kind of helped shape who I was today because I knew exactly what I didn't want to be. Yeah. And like somebody that's seen like you grow up over time, this is going to be a you moment here for a second. Oh boy. (laughs) But seeing you grow up over time, like to me, it's just like amazing to see like how you're that father that you, you know, can be and better, like better yourself for your kids. Like, I don't know. It's just great to watch like from where you came. Like the fact that you were talking about earlier, like, oh, I don't want to do have my kids experience this. Like you've, I've seen the effort that you've made to have them have the best life they can. And like you said a minute ago, like if we were still in Lake Worth, Florida, like they wouldn't maybe have met you. Like they might not have been in your lives. Maybe they would have, but it would have been really like different. And like they have a loving and caring father and home and parents. Like, you know, like they have to think about it like that. Yeah. That's a big deal. Just got deep. That that was deep. (laughs) Let's end with that. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about real quick? No, I think we're good. Thanks for letting okay. us yeah. be on your podcast. Yeah, this was fun. Let's do thanks it again. Okay. Maybe. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, maybe when you guys get your first placement and find out how yeah. things go, maybe you come back and talk about like sure. the experiences of it. And yeah. obviously we don't have to get personal about that, but like, just kind of talk about like how, um, how like cuz obviously like your perceptions of it now are going to be different than like after you get a placement. Oh yeah. And so like <laughs> who knows maybe it won't go so good and you might be like yeah this isn't for us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I there's going to definitely be trial and error. Like yeah. there're going to be cases yeah. that are going to be easier than others, but like I said, you know, God doesn't call us to do things that are easy. So it's no, not going to be easy. Anything worth doing in life is never easy. It's not. But it's worth it. But it is so worth it at the end. Anything that you put effort in, into and that you're passionate about is always worth it. It is. And it always... Always worth the hard work. Yeah. And it sometimes roofs what you sow. So it yeah. sometimes comes back and you can see the abundance it's brought. Yeah. So there you go. There we go. That's it. Thanks, people. Thanks, people.